Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Scarcella, reporter for The Daily Item. Last week, we played you some audio of the very first jailhouse interview between Miranda Barber and Francis Scarcella. When Francis left the Northumberland County Jail that night, he didn't yet realize what his next few days would look like. On the morning of November 12th, 2013, a body was found on an alley in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Later identified as Troy LaFerrera, the victim of a gruesome murder had been stabbed more than 20 times. Sunbury police spent weeks investigating the crime before arresting 18-year-old Miranda Barber, followed by her husband, Elliot, just a few days later. With ties to Satanism and their self-described desire to just kill someone together, the couple was soon recognized nationwide as the Craigslist killers. When Francis left the jail on the night of February 14, 2014, the police were quick to contact him. Following the jailhouse interview with Miranda Barber, Francis and the Daily Item were pretty much bombarded with media requests. Yes? Yeah, it was it was bizarre. So I got out of there that Friday night, Valentine's Day, and again, I was, uh, as I said last week, I was kind of baffled on how I was going to remember all this and put it on paper. The one thing I did remember is uh, less than 100, but stop counting at 22. I tried to keep that in my mind the entire time because... Uh, that was a very important key to the to the interview. So when I walked out, police had stopped me and they said, hey, how'd that go? And I said, well, I think you guys got some work to do. And they said, so we hear, which led me to believe that they heard the audio. And they said, we kind of need you to come in and verify this, uh, that you were in there and that this is what was said and blah, blah, blah. I said, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to call our legal department first. I'm not going to just come in and do anything. And then it dawned on me. I said, wait a second. So let me ask this question. So I said, can I get to, do I get to hear this again? So to make sure. And the police chief at the time, Steve Mazio said, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I said, uh, then I'll verify it. Let's go back to your station. <laughs> and we went back to the station and I got to re-listen to the entire hour and take notes. So everything that was said was word for word. Mm-hmm. And so I got very lucky in that aspect of it. When Did I that relieve like a lot of... Tons. Yeah. yeah it relieved tons. Because you're walking out and you're repeating everything in your head, like trying yeah, to Yeah, there was just things I forgot when I, when I reheard them. I was like, oh yeah, you know, because you yeah. just, your mind's all over the place. So I got to get all the notes. I went back to the newspaper and I talked to our former publisher at the time, Gary Grossman. And he said, go home, come in tomorrow, start fresh. I'll come in. We'll work on this together. So uh, I came in Saturday. We met in the afternoon. We were there for a couple hours. Uh, I wrote the story. We uh, He checked it. We added things. We took things away. We did what we needed to do to get it ready. And we published it. It appeared online that night. Online uh, news wasn't as big as it is right now, believe it or not. But it's But it was there. And then it just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going and overnight it just exploded it went worldwide and i never knew it i wanted to get your initial reaction when you heard her say oh i don't know under a hundred to your question of how many people she thinks she killed i want to ask what your reaction was but buried deep in that question is whether you really believe this woman or not so it was about six o'clock in the morning and i was 
asleep and my phone rang and it was a New York number and I thought it was a spam. I hit decline. A couple minutes later, New York number. And I'm like, mm, all right, who's calling me this early? I answered and it said, hey, is this, you know, Francis Scorsella? This is uh, blah, blah, blah from CBS News. And I said, hello? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we understand that you spoke to uh, Miranda Barber. Is there any way we can get you uh, to come on whatever show was was that morning? And I was like, mm, I don't know about this yet. Like I said, it's like 6.30 in the morning at this point. Let me, let me figure this out. Uh, I have your number here. Let me call you back. And the phone never stopped. So I called our publisher again, and he said, go into the newspaper. By the time I got in the newspaper, the voicemails were all filled up. ABC World News, NBC Nightly News, Inside Edition, like TMZ. Like it was just a bombarding of everybody calling. So that day we agreed to do the locals first because they were here. So I did appear on some of the locals. And that night, uh, CNN was already on their way here. They were already in town. They set up, had satellite trucks and everything else, and they were out, actually outside of the building. So uh, we ended up agreeing to do that one. And then for the next like four or five days, my only job was to be on TV. And I, I mean, I just did every, and we just really were everywhere. Fox and Friends, Nancy Grace even called. Nancy Grace was kind of, I'm not a fan. And, and really? Yeah, and I don't care who hears it because when Nancy Grace talked to me on the phone, uh, first, she was like, oh, my God, this is an amazing story and gave me this whole line of bullshit. And then when it came live, like, if you can find the clip, you'll be able to hear it. She actually is like, reporter Scarcella, I can't believe you listened. And, and I start laughing because it was a totally different, like, stage show. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were very, very nice as well. I did uh, uh, Jane, Vel Jane Velez Mitchell, I believe was her name. I did that show. But when I did that show, I did not I did not know she was on CNN at the time. Piers Morgan, uh, I was I was uh, scheduled to appear on. But when I did the Jane Velez Mitchell show, I didn't realize that they also had the head of the Church of Satan on as, as well. So they put me in a little room and then they were on in another little room and I could hear it in my ear. So I'm like kind of segregated from everybody else, but I'm in this room and I'm like, this is in New York. Like they came, got me, took me to New York. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to get out of here. You know what I mean? So, so how did you realize like what was happening? I heard them talking. I heard them say, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And then I was like, they're right next door, you know? So, and not that I was afraid by any means, but I was like, you know, we never once said anything about them or, or, you know, we stayed on our side of the river on this one. That was kind of an interesting thing. But in the meantime, we also ran into, I ran into I forget the guy's name, but we were just talking about it, but like the, the dirty jobs guy or mm -hmm. the odd jobs guy or whatever. Uh, he was there doing an appearance somewhere on CNN and, and uh, he had walked up to me and said, Hey, this is a really, really good, crazy story. Good job. So, you know, I mean, I'm like mixing it up here with these people. And I was like, I just want to get back. I got so much more to do on this. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I was still, I was still writing well, story after story after story. I looked at her and I said, Miranda, there's nobody in the world that's going to believe that you've murdered under a hundred people. And she looked me dead square in the eye and she said, I don't care what anybody believes. I want to get this off my chest for me. And I said, Miranda, you got to give me a number. You want this story out there, then you got to give me a number. And she said, I stopped counting at 22. So the, the experts who are sort of trying to piece together the, the concept of the forensics of all of this say between the ages of 13 and 19 and six short years, there's just almost no conceivable way that 
anybody could have carried out that many murders and not been caught because these guys got caught with their last telephone call. I, did you get the impression that she's really scheming and clever and maybe inching towards an insanity defense with what she told you or that she's just downright... And then we got the phone call from Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil! Mr. Dr. Phil. Everybody loves Dr. Phil. They watch Dr. Phil. He's got the advice of all advices. He's like the man, right? He like mm -hmm. Everybody knows who Dr. Phil is. He's been a, well, whatever he is for the last 205 years, right? He's out there. He's doing his thing. Great. So I did talk to Miranda's family at the time, and they were going, and I said, I got two opportunities here to get because they want me to appear on the show and talk about this, and I have yet to meet her sister who's going to be there and i've yet to meet another relative who was going to be there and i had no way to contacting them but i knew they were going to be there thanks to miranda's mother at the time so for you that's like a chance to it was meet a chance it was an aw it was like, a great chance for me to go so that. i had to take it so yes so i had let them know at the paper i was like this is uh uh maybe the one and only time i get to get to the sister so i went so i fly out to california we get there obviously they 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 flew me out. Make no mistake, they flew me out. We get into, I get into LAX. There's a car waiting. They pick me up. They take me directly to the studio, mm -hmm. to Dr. Phil's studio, directly there. Now, I'm already on a plane. It's been like a 10-hour day, you know, between the flight, travel, the whole thing. It's been like a 10-hour day. And they're already starting to put me on camera right away. I'm like, I didn't even get a effing uh, shower yet. I didn't do anything. So they put me right on this show. So they're doing pre-recorded tapes and they have me walking in hallways and I'm getting kind of frustrated because that's just not me. So I was getting kind of aggravated and mad. And I was like, listen, here's how this is going to work. I'm kind of done for right now because I, this is like, let's pick this up again. Give me an hour here to get situated. So I said, okay, okay, okay. So they have their catering and food and everything. And then they said, uh, well, here's what we're going to do. And here's what we're what we want you to say. And I said, yeah, but that's not true. What they want you to say? They wanted me to, to glorify things that weren't necessarily true. They wanted me to lie. Like, like what? They wanted me to say that the man was, like, had all kind of crazy past experiences that I knew nothing about. And I never reported it. That La Ferrera had Correct. all these experiences. Okay. Correct. And I wouldn't do it. I said, I don't know that. Mm -hmm. He said, well, it kind of looks that way. So maybe, you know, we can do it. This is, you know, this is how these shows go and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, no, that's not really what I want to do. And they said, well... Uh, here's what we're going to do for you. You're out here. You're in LA. We're going to give you tomorrow off. We're going to give you some money and you can go around, do whatever you want to do. And then you come back and you meet with Dr. Phil and you guys can talk. And, uh, then the next day we'll shoot. How's that? How's that sound? And my mind already knew what I was doing. So I said, hell yeah, you come up with that cash. Let's go. Let's go. So now they're loving it. So they said, okay, well, tomorrow morning, we'll get you back to the hotel. Tomorrow morning, somebody will come and they will pay you. And then you can go out on the day, go to Disneyland, do whatever you want to do on us. Said, Hell yeah. So I go back to the room, walk upstairs, pack the bags, book my own ticket back. See ya. Bye-bye. You weren't into spending the day in LA? Was not. Left immediately. In and out, I left. By the time they realized that I was gone... I was probably over Ohio. So you never did meet this sister? I did. I oh, did okay. that night. I met the sister at the okay. hotel. Okay. Yes. So I did. I got to talk to the sister. I got everything I needed done mm -hmm. before I before I was out. So yes, okay. I did. But 
I fly back to Pennsylvania. By the time I get back to the newspaper, a hundred phone calls from Dr. Phil people. Hundreds. I think I have some of the voicemails still saved. <laughs> Where are you? What's going on? Blah, blah. It's crazy. You know, we, we, we now need you to go here so we can put you via satellite. I said, yeah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. I will not take part in a bullshit story that they were trying to uh, narrate. Well, that just makes you think like how many of the stories on there. All of them. Yep, all of them. Are so embellished. All of them are embellished, and I and I saw it firsthand. So I had uh, nothing nice to say about the show. Fuck that show. Uh, fuck all their producers. Don't give a shit. Period. That's how I looked at it. That's what I said, and, and I will never do that to any victim. I won't do that to any alleged criminal. I won't do it to anybody mm-hmm. because it's not fair. Well, and that's just you, something that you hadn't reported on, so who are you to go say it? Like, I was nobody to go say it. And they're like, well, yeah. we got this from this source and this source. Great, but it ain't my you source. Didn't, yeah. I didn't get it. You want to say, do whatever you want to do, but I will not take part of it. So I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little nervous on what they were going to air because and how they were going to say I left because they did have some film of me. Mm-hmm. And you kind of can't tell the story without using me in there because that's where it came from. So I figured they're going to definitely, they're definitely going to try to screw me with this. So we were back at the paper when the day was airing. And I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Hit play. And sure enough, we opened the show. A bombshell was revealed when Miranda sat down with the daily item reporter, Francis Scarcella. Take a look. As far as I know, I am the only reporter that has spoken with Miranda Barber. Miranda also said to me was that she had killed more than 22 people. I asked if there was any other murders that were committed through Craigslist, and she had said no, this was the first time. Miranda had told me that the people that were targeted were bad people. They were child molesters, they were people that owed money, they were just bad people that she would lure in. We'll be right back. Sholly Insurance Agency is an independent insurance company that has been family owned and operated since 1985. When you enter their branches in Lewisburg and Sealands Grove, you will be welcomed by local agents who understand your needs and want to help you find the right coverage at the best price. Locally based and community oriented, Sholly Insurance will help you protect what you love. Head to sholleyagency.com for more information. Sholly Insurance Agency, we are here to help. But it really wasn't bad. They didn't do anything to, to they didn't do it. I, they literally used my own words, what I, what I said, and I stood behind what I said. So it ended up being okay, but I would never, ever, ever go back to do any of that. And I think what they, what they did is they sometimes can go to little smaller areas and find these big stories uh, what they say, big stories. And to me, it wasn't, it was to inform our public. Our, it was to inform our area of what happened in their community. Mm-hmm. I didn't really give a shit what Dr. Phil thought about what happened. I didn't really give a shit what Nancy Grace thought about what happened. Uh, you know, they're, in my opinion, just two shitty journalists, period. And Nancy Grace is 100% against every criminal that ever lived. She has no sympathy, even if right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, she's just a shitty person in my opinion. And, and I had no problem saying that to anybody that would listen at the time. So, uh, it is what it is. And, and they aired on the side of caution. I was okay with that. And we continuously move forward from there. So the experience with all of it, with all of the national media and the worldwide media, I mean, I did, I did like 71 radio shows in a three day period. Wow. Yeah. Like just constant calls and put me on. I kind of did like TMZ. I'm not going to lie. I know it's kind of a, 
TMZ is probably still, it's still out there, but for you, it's kind of not as big as it was for like, like your mother's generation and my generation and your dad's generation. But TMZ was a big deal. You know, they'd go around they were like the sort of, sort of paparazzi type deal. And they would be, you know, talking to Beyonce and to Luke Perry and everybody. And, and it was kind of cool. So when I got the phone call from Harvey, I was like, hell yeah, this is Harvey from TMZ, man. Like, I'm going to talk to you. So I ended up did doing that one, and I enjoyed that one because he was kind of, was kind of neat, and uh, he was a good guy. He was, you know, told the story how it was, you know, and so I had no problem. I honestly had no problems with the, with the TMZ portion of it. And it turns out she did a jailhouse interview with a reporter by the name of Francis Scarcella, and uh, during that jailhouse interview, she says that she stopped counting the number of people she killed at 22. And it is the craziest story. It involves satanic rituals, all sorts of things. I spoke with Francis a little bit earlier today, and he started telling me more. There's more to this story. And Francis is joining us right now. Welcome to TMZ Live. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So let's get let's get right into Francis the body count. Yeah, let me tell you something first. When you showed the one video of her walking out, she looks to the right and she's just staring. I'm the only person standing there at that point. If you look right there, you'll see right about now she'll flip her hair back and she'll look and she never turns her eyes away. That's me standing there and I'm the only person standing there. Why is that? Wow. Why is that? I I asked her that when I was in uh when I was in the seer and she said that was a sign for me to come and talk to her. And you did. And I really liked Jane, Jane Velez Mitchell, I believe is her name. I really liked her. I thought she was really good. She did a good job with it. I, I did Aaron Burnett, I think, uh, from CNN. I mean, it was a, it was a, a lot of them. It was a lot of them. I remember I was in Florida and uh, they had called and I did one of the MSNBCs from while I was on vacation, they picked me up and took me over, and I mm -hmm. did it from there. So there, I did a. I mean, I, there was a lot. There was mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of media coverage on it out there, and I and I and I stayed with the same story, and I think that's what hurt the hurt the mainstream narrative of what they wanted to tell because I told exactly how it was. Mm -hmm. So there was no really embellishment. I know they wanted more. And I know everybody in the world was saying Craigslist, Craigslist, Craigslist. And even I, in the beginning, was saying Craigslist, but it ended up not being Craigslist. It ended up being, like, some other, you know, smutty-type mm -hmm. website. So it was definitely an experience. And one that, you know, everybody says you get your 15 minutes. If you want to call it that, but I didn't really think of it as the 15 minutes. In my mind, I justified it, and I did speak to my dad at the time, who was still alive. And I said, you know, before I start doing all these... I, I kind of do want to do the right thing with it. And, and I get what's the benefit of me going on here just to see my face on a TV. You know, I had friends from all over the country that were calling me and said, holy shit, I just saw you, you know, on the news. Mm -hmm. But the but what I wanted to do by doing that and after I did speak to my dad is I wanted to make the world aware. I had a worldwide stage. And if there was one other person that was out there that was missing, that was that this girl was responsible for, this brought the attention to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I decided to really go, you know, hardcore into doing all these shows. Because even if it was one, if it was two, three, four, whatever the case may be. But I only thought about that other one person. So what if there was one person out there where, where you know, they, were, they went missing and nobody knew about it. And these two or just her or just him were responsible for their death. Mm -hmm. This shed light to open up the eyes of every police department in the world because it was on the FBI's list all around, all around, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this just kind of shed light to the 
to them and you gave and 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 uh, I truly believe that I was blessed enough by the Lord to step in and give me that worldwide stage to speak. So ends up they didn't do they never they never as far as I know never came up with anything or anything. I know the FBI did visit her many times up there, but we got the message out and that was the key to me was to get that message out. And again, if you found one person or some parents out there or siblings that were wondering what happened and this had any ties to it, that was giving the door to be open. And again, it turned out not to be, but if I would have said no and we wouldn't have done any of these things, maybe it would have never left just here. Maybe it would have never just left this little, you know. So that was one of the reasons why. Did we believe it? No, we didn't believe it. But you just don't know about one. Do we believe there was 100? No, come on. Did we believe there was 22? No, ridiculous. But did we believe there might have been one or two? Maybe. They traveled up here. You know, those back roads sometimes can get, you don't know what happened. And who knows, and, and the more attention it got, maybe she was going to tell the truth and say, okay, I didn't do any of this, but I, I, I will now admit there was somebody. So I just wanted to shed light on it, if that makes any sense to you mm -hmm. as, a, I know, as an upcoming reporter. They're the kind of things that if you get that worldwide stage to get a message out, do it. So... Mm -hmm. So I, whatever anybody said about this 15 minutes, I wasn't really looking for the 15 minutes at all. But I did have that weighing on my in my mind about that one next family that could have been missing somebody. So that was that was genuinely why we ended up going on mm -hmm. and doing all the shows. So mm -hmm. and I held my ground. I stayed tough with it all. And again, uh, you were very young at the time. And, and I didn't really know you guys at the time. I knew your parents uh, a little bit, but I, it would have been an experience for you to see witness knowing now. Mm -hmm. Knowing me now, you've mm -hmm. been able to, uh, you did get to, you did get to watch one of the documentaries that were out and it's kind of a, you know, we, we did the best we could with that again to tell, to tell the story. So it was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely an experience and I didn't do it for any of the, any of the TV hosts or anything like that. And, and I wanted to, uh, I always clarified that. And every time I did one of these Miranda things, which again, I swore I'd never do again, but, uh, I always wanted to clarify that it was for that one family or two families that may have never known. So mm -hmm. that's a lot. It was, it was, it was a long two weeks. Yeah. It's a long two weeks. And and basically we had secretaries on that where they were just answering phones all day long, mm -hmm. all day long, different radio stations, different this, different that French radio stations. Like I still have the emails, you know, here's the booking sheet. We have a car coming to Sunbury to pick you up at four o'clock and it's going to take you to New York. What kind of food do you want inside? And I'm like, they're glorifying a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And again, is that's when I called my dad and I said, I want to have that stage mm -hmm. to, to be able to help that one family or two families that are out there. As Francis was caught up in the storm of national media, police were continuing to build their case against Miranda and Elliot Barber. So how soon after this did police re-interview Elliot? They re-interviewed Miranda immediately. Like it was in, as this was all going on, I actually, I actually, they sent a car up to pick me up at the newspaper to bring me down to Harrisburg to go on a, to go on one of the NBC or ABC uh, affiliate in New York. They did it via satellite down there. And I told the car, cause I got word Miranda was coming to the Sunbury police station at the time. So I told the car, take me up here first. So I pulled up which looked ridiculous, but we pulled up in front of the, on Market Street in downtown Sunbury, Pennsylvania, with this big stretch limousine, and here I come get out of it, waiting on Miranda to show up. So she got called in like two days after this broke to talk to her again. As I, as they let her in, she looked at me and said, come back in. 
And then all the media is like, wow, my God, she's talking to you. Talk, you know, it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. And she was only in there maybe five minutes, six minutes before they let her out. And away she went. And then a couple hours later, Elliot comes in. And uh, they tried to talk to him. And they were asking him about her claims. And there's plenty of clips out there saying, what do you think of that? And uh, he said some wild responses. So you should try to find them. But he has some wild responses. And I think you uh, have some of the information on that. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of About Last Night. Coming next week, audio from the interview between Elliot Barber and Officer Travis Bremigen following Miranda's claims to Francis. Don't miss it. This podcast is produced by Harv Productions, LLC. (laughs) Woof,